Hi, welcome to Feature in a Short, a podcast made by filmmakers for filmmakers. This is Justin Joseph Hall, owner of Four Wind Films. By the way, if you want to be at the live event, please sign up for our email or write us on social media and we will add you to the list. Um, currently, we are just showing in New York, Brooklyn mainly and in Los Angeles, but you have to RSVP ahead of time. Uh, this week we have Andy Obarski. I'm Andy. I have no connection to film whatsoever. <laughs> I'm a DP. Uh, who I used to work with at a rental shop at Hello World. Andy is like an amazing human being, always in a good mood, and is there to answer questions and do whatever is needed to make whatever you're making better. She's well-rounded in, in lighting and grip, and... Um, She's been working as a cinematographer the last couple of years. So for this month's screening, Andy brought Overslept, a short film which is actually part of an internet series called Countdown, which uses a countdown device as its through-line connection between the different pieces. So this is about a four-and-a-half, five-minute short film that was shot in a day. <laughs> um, actually, it's Sam's apartment, another friend of ours. But yeah, it's scrappy. Brooklyn indie filmmaking at its finest. So they're mostly character-driven uh, short films, and they all have their own individual styles. Most of them are comedies, actually. This is probably the outlier. This is like the most serious one of them. I like shooting comedy, but this is a little bit more dramatic than what we usually go with. If you'd like to see more on the series, just probably Google Countdown Overslept. That's how I usually find it. After Overslept was finished, uh, we asked Andy a few questions. What made you choose this one? Um, I think it's the most interesting to me as a cinematographer because it's the most visual. There's no dialogue in it. Like, it's all told through frames and cuts and actions, which I really like. How many arti artificial lights do you use, guys? It seems to be really natural. Right? It is, yeah. We used, um, in the opening scene, we put a HMI outside. I think I might have had, like, two Astras or something. But other than that, it was mostly, like, just picking the time of nice, day. Nice job. Thank you. I try to not do so much if I don't have to. Did you bounce around a lot later? Is it mostly... Honestly, um, yeah, we had, I mean, there was like one gaffer grip person. I had one GE person and then one AC. So it was mostly like, honestly, the, the most challenging was making morning light in that really white bedroom where everything bounced around. I There was no way I could put a light out, a unit outside of the window, which is what my ideal situation would have been. So in this like, I guess the bedroom was about the size of this room, but it was a lot to fit, you know, a queen size bed and like basically a book light that we'd made to mimic morning light. How many days did you shoot? We shot this in one day. Ah, one day. Yeah. It was a very long day. <laughs> How many hours? Oh, yeah. He, he was really good and he kept it under 12, including lunch. And then we had beer and a fire. <laughs> Sorry? When we did the shot of her running outside, again, we did that like seven times and he used the first or second. Um, but if you listen to it, he, she passes this group of women who just say, oh my God, because there's a car that's tracking a woman running. We have the AD running behind her. So it just looks like we're trying to kidnap her. So before, these women are like, oh my God, are you okay? And then we had to explain to them, yes, we're shooting a movie. Uh, but, it was, but yeah, it was all one day and we just, the 
director and I like are very meticulous. We storyboarded the hell out of this. Like we knew exactly when we wanted to shoot. Do you feel you okay with the time you had? I mean, I always wish I had more time, but yeah, especially considering we shot a scene that you didn't even see. So the, actually, the, oh, really? the yeah, that I was talking about the the button that happened at the end that had the most artificial light because we like chained up their their like dining light and re rigged that. We put that on a dimmer. We did all this other stuff with the lamp light that was in there. So the most time that we spent lighting was in a scene that wasn't even used in a short film, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. And I think he's gonna like do something with it now, but I was like, damn it, Nathan, we spent so much fucking time planning this. And like we shot it and it was part of our day and we could have spent more time on something else. But if it's not, if it doesn't enhance the story, I guess it doesn't make the film, you know, all that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you hope? produce it as well, I I mean, as much logistical things as I can in regards to communicating with the rental houses. Um, but beyond that, it was mostly Nathan who would, you know, talk to the locations, made sure everything was like kosher when, when we started shooting. But no, I was mostly involved in the coloring. He's like a pretty sound editor, so he pushed through a piece pretty quickly. How do you work with color when you... Like, you, you seem like you really like being in the room for... Because you just came from a coloring Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it depends. I think, you know, we didn't really have a choice of lenses on this. We just, we shot on um, a Dragon with Zeiss CP2s, which mm -hmm. are, like, kind of soft and contrasty. I think I might have had, like, a one-eighth black pro mist. So I knew that I wanted there to be a lot of shadow, and I wanted there to be, like, soft, creamy blacks. Um... But it's really, you know, depends on the film and the look that I go into it with the director. And, you know, he's pretty good about thinking what he wants ahead of time. And we're able to, like, kind of achieve that look, you know. Um, but, yeah, all of them were colored by the same colorist, too, which was very advantageous. Cool. But do you, do you like, with the colors, do you, like, um, sit with them the first day or do you let them come up with a few looks or, or sure yeah he definitely did like a cleanup pass he was like i'll do a i'm i'm totally cool with that just to like kind of get everything on the playing field if i give rough notes then i can come in and see you know what they've done yeah. you know if i'm working with the colors for the first time i like to be able to like know their ability as to what you know interpreting what i can say via email or via the phone Totally respect colorists, and I have zero de desire to ever do their job. Why? You know, like why, why is that? Ah, uh, because I like to move, and I like to like operate, and I like to be ergonomic, and like sitting in a chair for 12 hours sounds like the fucking death of me. But I love going to coloring sessions and telling people what to do, but I don't want to know what. <laughs> I don't want to know how to do the program. But I like to think that I shot it in a way that was. There was really only one shot that I was like, mm, I have to like push this. Um, and it, you might have noticed it. It was when she was walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very, it's very grainy, and I was like, ah, fine, it works. It's very, it's the red. I didn't notice. Okay, well then that's good. If it didn't detract from the story, then there you go. Um, no, I'm not saying. Oh no, no, yeah, we can talk about. I can talk about this all day. Yeah, so. yeah I'm gonna talk with you later. <laughs> okay. Do you, you like? Do you, I know you shoot with the red all the time. Do yeah. you Like that, like better. What do you like about it? What do you not? I mean, it depends. I don't. I pick it if it's good for the project. Like, I'm not married to one format or camera over the other. It totally depends on the story. I actually really liked the, dra the Dragon, and then we, we upgraded our camera to the Epic W, and it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's a camera. So what do you think is different about the look of a red versus other camera? Like, what do you get from it that's unique mm. versus other cameras? 
do you really want to have that conversation right now? <laughs> it's like a whole, whole thing. I don't know, the, the colors tend to, you know, arc a certain way. There seems to be a little bit more, at least in this new sensor, it tends to be a little bit green. I do like, it can operate very well in low light if you know how to like expose for it properly. It has an amazing amount of latitude. You can do a ton with it in post, which can be advantageous and disadvantageous according to like whatever you, you know, choose. You know, I like its high speed capabilities, but unfortunately at the end of the day, cinematography has become such a game of like, Oh, do you have an R? Do you have a red? Like, what do you have? And it's like, it's totally no, like, if you don't have one, then you have the just, other. That's, that's just a tool. Exactly. But for producers that don't know the difference between the tools and, or the capability of the DP to be able to do something over the other with one, then it's like, so. I don't have one preference over the other. I could give two shits about what kind of camera I have. After that, Andy presented her feature film, which is called Thelma from 2017. It's a sci-fi classified as a horror, although it's more of a slightly experimental drama, very cool film uh, that everyone took in deeply. Very interesting subject matter, semi-magic realism. Very cool. Oh, it's good. I like it. I like the color scheme uh, of it and... Uh, it's a little gay, so that's kind of cool too. You know, I like gay things. <laughs> it's a psycho thriller. It's like a thriller, but it's not scary, but it's cool. It's a little like if you've ever seen Let the Right One In, along the same visual veins of that. It's spooky. It's supernatural. There's a um, film critic I like who comes out every year with this like best film of best top 25 films, and he like edits it together in like such a way that you get excited about cinema. Like every year, David Ehrlich. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he does. He works for Slate, I yeah. think. Um, but I love watching his stuff. And this was on the movies, one of his lists from 2017. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. During the film, we served red wine, orange juice, and tea at the appropriate moments. After we had a very curt discussion about the contents of the film, and then went home as everybody was processing. It's a lot slower than I remember it being. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely like a really exciting It's very visual. I can see how it won't be as exciting the second time. Oh, that's intense. Did you guys like it? That was a good movie. I really liked it. Cool. It kind of gives me chills though. Cool. I'm glad you guys liked it. Denmarkish. <laughs> Denmarkish. I think my post-discussion is going to be asleep. Jesus is right. God. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, rate us on social media, wherever you get your podcasts. Just uh, let us know what you like about the show, what you'd like to hear more of. Do you guys want to hear more from actors, cinematographers, post-production people, animation? Just reach out and let us know. Uh, and you can reach us either at info at fourwindfilms.com or pretty much any social media site at Four Wind Films. That's F-O-U-R-W-I-N-D-F-I-L-M-S. And this episode was actually hosted by New Revolution Arts. So thanks to Cisco Bradley and Jenny Romer for bringing us into their space. Thank you much and see you soon. Or you can hear me soon. That's more likely what's going to happen.